And welcome back to another episode of Ladies First. I'm Corey. Elizabeth is gone. She's going to be roaming the northern wilds for a little while. So I have a special guest with us, Shahar. Hi, everyone. She is with me this week, and we're going to have some fun. Um, I know last month we were kind of heavy since it was LGBT history, and then we were also talking about the AIDS epidemic, and we promised you we were going to be lighter this episode, and we are, because we're going to be talking about our favorite ships. Not only are we going to be talking about our favorite ships, we're going to be talking about our favorite interracial relationships, because we have been blessed with enough diversity that we can even go far enough into interracial relationships that don't have a white character. Yay! I'm just going to caveat again with this. Um, I am old enough that this is a really big freaking deal because when I was in high school and college, I was doing well enough just to find, like, something where we weren't psychotic and killing everyone and dying and committing suicide. So I am thrilled. And Shahar got to miss all that. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to go ahead and kick this off. I'm not going to be dwelling in the past because we're all about happy this week. So I'm going to kick this off. And Shahar and I, we talk about this. This is an upcoming ship that hasn't happened yet. But we know it's going to happen because the news trickling out has cast the girlfriend and told us it's going to happen. I'm talking about Black Lightning. Which is super exciting, because it's going to be here in, like, five months. Yes. I have been super excited for this ever since they announced it, and ever since I had the guarantee that they weren't going to erase Anissa's queer identity. And I've written about this a couple of times now, um, about why Anissa herself is so important. She actually doesn't have her dad's, you know, lightning power. She can adjust her density. And... You know, effectively, she's bulletproof. And I think just the visual of that and what that represents is just, you know, a black woman who will not move unless she wants to move and who is bulletproof is just incredible to me. And then we found out we're getting Grace... This season, because Shahar and I talked, and I told Shahar, I was like, man, I'll be really happy if it gets renewed, and we get Grace in the second season. Someone who knew nothing about Black Lightning, until I started seeing more about it, I'm just super excited, because now, it's not just when other times we have shows where we can just put random characters together and hope for the best, but this is actually happening. It's going to be written for us. We don't have to do any imagination. It'll just be there. Yes, and I'm really happy with the showrunners, um, with their interviews. The Akils, um, they've talked about, you know, wanting to just write their LGBT characters as people. Just like anybody else as part of the community. So I'm really, really excited for this show. Um, honestly, exactly. I, and they've mentioned, too, that they don't want it to be an after-school special. They want it to be about all of the people's different parts of the lives while fighting off people trying to steal and the fact that the bad guys aren't other superhero or super villains i should say but they're real people who have more than just super villainy motivations to get rid of the bad guys which is pretty cool to see yeah i i like the akils their previous work um and they're pretty accomplished being mary jane Mm mm-hmm 
Um, I'm just really excited that CW and Greg Berlanti have kind of just said, okay, this is y'all show. You can go film in Atlanta while the rest of us are up in Vancouver. Um, you know, it's separate from the Arrowverse. Thank God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it'll be good because they can just do their own thing. And they don't have to worry about trying to film a five-part crossover. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Four? Okay. Seriously. A four-show crossover is just nuts. I don't even want to think about how they would try to fit in Black Lightning with that. Especially with the tone and everything going on to that series. Because, I mean, this from everything we've seen, this is going to be a really thoughtfully written show that essentially, you know, this is what we get when we hire diverse writers and showrunners. And, and to every see time that, there's casting news, it's it's people who are really well, I don't know who they are. They have um, in their, you know, filmography, like awesome things that they've done. So it's going to be really well acted, which is pretty exciting too. Uh, this is my one thing about the CW. And I've said this so many times they get actors that are so far above where their shows punch. And I am really hopeful that Black Lightning lives up to where their actors are. Also, I'm just grateful that there's no crossover. because the can you season will be great. Can you imagine, though, just really quick, Black Lightning trying to mesh <laughs> with Arrow? Oh my god, no, stop. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, not to be that person, but someone actually took a part of the season premiere of this year, and I don't know if they took out the sound or if it was truly like that, because I haven't seen any of this year's Arrow. But they just kind of pinpointed all the places where, unfortunately, it looked like a student film, which is both mean to Arrow and student films. Ouch. But the kills in charge. They have a very specific vision, and that'll be nice. Yes. Whatever um, is happening in the rest of the Flaro, Arrow, whatever verse you want to call it. You call it, uh, you have a nickname for it, Error, which I'm starting to yeah. refer to it as that in real life, and that's becoming a problem, so thank you for that. Sorry about that. I have a lot of friends who have also been calling it that, and now I don't, I catch myself writing that when I talk to people, <laughs> and that's kind of a problem. <laughs> but also on the CW... And they have given us, this one's yeah, not exactly canon. This one isn't exactly canon, but it is a fanon ship that started this year on Legends of Tomorrow with Amaya and Zari. Which, again, I I don't know what's going on. I know I'm not going to get them shipped together on the show, probably, because, you know, white guy Nate is, you know, in there and doing his thing. But I love that fans okay, latched so on to actually- it. I, I, I hope that when um, people respond to this podcast, uh, they can explain, because I just like find it on Twitter would be impossible. But I just saw one of the two of them, like, standing in front of each other, and bright red, which, I don't know if you know this, Corey, but a lot of people now assign that as, like, the gay colors, because anytime a character wears blue and a character wears red, those two happen to be of the same gender or of the same orientation together. But anyways, the point is, they, like, from their hearts, set off blue and red sparks and they came together to make make purple and so now everyone's just saying that maybe the show is going to 
take it in that direction, which is pretty um, exciting. So hope that happens. I I know I know their amulets are linked, but um, and I'm somebody that even. Okay, here I'm. I'm not going to be popular for this. Uh, over on Supercorp, on Supergirl, <laughs> I'm just kind of like you know. I just really see them as kind of friends now. I know this is like a cardinal sin for me to say this. I really do just see them as friends sure. now. It's, for me, they've kind of mm-hmm. toned it down. But seriously, shooting out sparks from your freaking heart <laughs> and melting—that is another level. That is another level. Wow, I did not know that. That is and it really was gay. pretty cool as far as the right, <laughs> but but like as far as the writers are concerned, because okay, so disclaimer: I haven't watched most of the Arrowverse in a really long time. Actually, this is the first season of The Flash that I've even watched live ever, um, because I have a lot of never had time to watch it live. But now that I have a TV, also I have no clue what's happening Legends of Tomorrow. Um, but it would be cool if it ends up being a Maya and Sorry. Because everyone, and even I actually, when we first heard about Zarya, and as a Muslim person, I was like, oh, that'll be so cool to have a Muslim character, hopefully it's done right, whatever. If they do, which is to say that Sarah will be put with any woman because she's a bisexual character. So now we have, like, that was a weird way of saying that word, multiple people who are um, LGB and or T, and especially now Constantine is going to be on there, and they're actually highlighting his bisexuality. So a lot could be happening in Legends of Tomorrow. And maybe I'll end up watching the show after all. We'll see what happens. I hadn't thought about that. If they do go with um, Zari and Amaya, then that puts three queer women mm-hmm. as regulars on a show. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. I'm not saying would, we're not would, saying uh, they're gonna do it, but it would be really cool. Right. And it would add to the canonical of woman as opposed to our very long list of canon ships. Which there's an I mean, wow. Ha. I'm just super excited for canon ships. No, fan ships I should say. Which there isn't anything wrong with having those, but it's nice to see more. Yes. Um, I did, though, want to talk about, because you said you were excited for a Muslim character, Um, the bold type actually does have um, a lesbian Muslim character, and I know you were waiting to watch it in case um, it didn't get renewed, but it got renewed. It has two more seasons. I'm super excited, because it means that at least for two more seasons, we will have, well, the hope is we will still have her on the and teaching Kat the ways of, you know, living in a world where she's a Muslim lesbian and Kat is figuring out her own sexuality after I, of their jobs. And, you know, I really liked how they portrayed both Kat and Adina. I mean, obviously, I'd want to know your opinion. I don't know if you've gotten caught up on it or not. Um, but I'm caught up enough that I could. I felt they were very respectful of Adina as being a very kind of progressive, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word, or more liberal Muslim. Mm -hmm. Is that the right term? I think part of what's so hard is that minority group or identity, like whatever you want to call it, 
if there aren't any on TV, then the one time there is, it can become really easy for any part of the people who are watching to mm -hmm. either uplift them on a pedestal and be like, well, this is the perfect representation because it's the only one we have, or and vice versa. I do know some people who, and completely, you know, valid opinions to be like, well, it's really awesome that we have a Muslim lesbian character, but also she's someone who has cheated on her girlfriend. But then there's also that aspect of, and supposed to date so it's a really interesting way of taking a character and for me personally like she's not a terrorist so plus 100 already like 10 degrees that's, or, a, um, that's a really low bar i mean that's sad i mean right? you know i talk about this uh -huh. with native rep it's a really freaking low bar to pass but it's still right. a huge deal that they pass it <laughs> right exactly and because um you know she does well i would say that for the most part i actually really do appreciate how they um have written adina because she is super multifaceted she very clearly has um is very religious and faithful because she wears a job and religious reasons and also to show people like you can't put us all in the same box nor should you but then on top of that because she does cheat on her girlfriend and she does have moments of guilt it's not just a one-off moment where we just have a character acting this way because it'll further the drama. It's actually part of who she is and figuring out what she wants and also her relationship with Kat, who is one of our main characters. The role is kind of eh, is that from my understanding, since I'm still behind by three episodes, I don't know if they ever actually decide where, which I think is kind of a disservice because otherwise she gets turned into more of this just like, Oh man, you, you, in the Middle East, Shahar, Shahar, which is you've got to watch like, those last three episodes. You've got to watch those last. Okay, three episodes. so they do tell us. Okay, good. <laughs> so as long as they've told us that she's from somewhere specific, then I think that she's great, and I'm excited to see where she goes. Iran. Okay. All right. But well, also, you've got to watch it for the, the airport scene. Like you've got to watch it for okay. the airport scene. I'm telling you, I'm kind of fangirling right about this, it because it's like. It this big grand first date in an airport in oh like my a gosh, first yeah. class I lounge. Think... Yeah. So like you have to watch it. Like I want to know what you think after you've had a chance to watch it. I thought it was really sweet. I mean, the reason why they're stuck in an airport is kind of real world and also eye rolly because it goes back to the Trump Muslim ban. Right, cause, right, right. Because I think the actually the last episode I did watch was um, the one right before, if I remember correctly, or maybe like two before. Yeah, I mean, there are part there are times where they have like some of those real world facets, and I wish it's like, man, I just wish we could get a character that didn't have to deal with this. But at the same time, right. you know, it is going on. But you know, if we had more characters, then not every single one, right would have that right. going on and you know like with native american characters you can have all sorts of natives we exist but there's so few of us that normally you only see one facet of that person or that identity or what they're going right to. or like in fact this reminds me of when we were talking about bull on cbs you know the episode where it's dedicated to being about indigenous folks is that because there's a murder near a reservation near a casino so it's like all the people who are in that show for that episode are from those communities, but it's still relegated to this is the type of place where we can see them or yes. that they're allowed to be. We don't get to see them just be the random trope here or whatever you want to do. 
Yeah. And it's just, it comes back down to we still need to work on the representation. I am super happy we have characters like Adina or even Zari over on Legends of Tomorrow. And it's great we have them. Now let's just start adding more in there. You know, because like you said, Adina isn't the sum total of the Muslim experience for women, much less lesbians or bisexuals or whatever. You know, and she shouldn't have to be. So, I mean, go. But I think now that we know we're going to get two seasons, I mean, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes because people are leaving and some writer shifting has happened, but I'm hopeful that because we're getting two seasons, we'll get to actually meet more more of her family because that would be really interesting in context of, okay, so she's this super liberal, progressive, whatever you want to call it. Um, and who does art, which is also kind of against, not against like culture, but, um, a really cool way of looking at a Muslim character because so much of the time, stereotypically like every Muslim who's from Asia, Africa, their parents want them to be like not. And so the stereotype is like, that's the character. It's really awesome to see her be this super well-known artist whose introduction is that Kat wants to go interview her. So I think it'll be really cool to see their relationship progress, but also what happens with her career. And also, you know, do we get to see the scene where Kat meets the family? Or if they break up, like, what happens with that? Like, that is going to be really cool to see. Right. And I'd like to see Kat's family, too. I mean, we've heard about them. You know, I mean, she yes, just for dropped sure. like $10,000 for a plane ticket for Adina. So, I mean, right. surely they have something to say about that. That's, I mean, she's fairly well off, but she's not well off that ten grand is a chunk of, you know, just pocket change. Right. And also, if she is that well off, like, that influences her character as far as the jobs that she's looking for and the kind of work she wants to do and also just New York in general is hella expensive so, so the fact whether you know she can just pull that money out from a bank somewhere or like did she have to ask her parents like there's so many pieces of that that I will be really cool char- to I think explore. she maxed out her credit card ah uh, well, I wish I had a credit card that would give me that much money <laughs> oh wait long enough you'll get an offer sooner or later and then you're screwed um well, I'm just like, you know what? At least she got a lot of really good flyer miles out of that purchase. This is so true. Very true. Paid for her trip to go after Adina in South America at the very end. There you go. Um, oh, yeah. Spoilers. Well, I knew that because I read far. the recap, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. I just spoiled it for. Oh, well. Um, there was another one that there was a lot of discussion about this. Uh, Orange is the New Black. I, I know I'm moving on. Uh, Orange is the New Black, Brooke and Pusey, where you have, I mean, obviously there is some bad blood among some of our fundamental writers towards uh, Orange is the New Black because of what happened to Pusey. Um Elizabeth is one of them, so we don't really talk about it on this show very much, but she's not here, so... I really thought their relationship was very, um, I guess, unique in the sense of 
they connected very quickly emotionally. Hmm. And yet, um, Brooke was working her way up to physical intimacy, like giving with Poussey. And I thought that was interesting that they didn't just jump into it. They actually had legitimate discussions about it, especially with Poussey just did not deserve what she got at all. was even just totally like when you're comfortable, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And she, and I thought this was really important. Um, you know, not everybody is comfortable in certain physical situations, and it seems a lot of the time the rep we do get it is highly sexual when it's allowed to be or it's intimated. Either that or they're just kept like nuns. So you never really get this kind of like actual discussion about comfort levels. And I thought it was really interesting that Brooke and Poussey were the two that kind of had that conversation. Yeah, and for someone who actually has never seen any of Origins of New Black, but followed it enough to know what was happening for the most part. I mean, I don't be able to tell you details, but like I kind of was following what's going on. I remember actually the same thing you were talking about in context. I think so. First, we have to have representation that is healthy, positive, and not going to be exploitative. But then on top of that, if we get to that point and we're lucky enough to, like you just said, see the actual discussion, it's such a big deal because we never get to see it. So then I can, I mean, I understand why a of other people have bad blood because then you don't get to see the progression of that. So what would have happened had, you know, had been written died. off the show, for lack of a better word. You know, uh, and, and the rest of that would have Right. Well, and my other thing is, you know, when we do have shows that they aren't, you know, so much kept apart on the super chased shows, you know, there was the L word and that was just like ovaries to the wall, whatever, sex all the time. And, you know, there are women right. and women <laughs> who, for whatever reason, either religious reasons either personal reasons either whatever they're not engaging in sexual they choose not to or they're not comfortable with engaging in that kind of sexual activity and we never really get discussions about that you know it could be for like i said it could be religious reasons either you're waiting until you're married or you know especially Mm -hmm. you can get married or um Maybe you're just a little more over on the gray sexual spectrum, or maybe, you know, it could be any reason. Or maybe for you, sex is painful. So I I really like that we got to have this kind of discussion. I'm really sad that she died, that we couldn't see where it went. But I really appreciated that we kind of, for once, got to have a discussion on the physical stuff, where it's not, let's just both throw ourselves at each other. Right. And I think it's interesting because I don't even know what, whose premise, which, whatever the premise is. Anyways, for Orange is the New Black's premise to be a woman in this prison and all of the, you know, dramatic stuff that they show for the writers to, whether they finish not, to even spend time on doing that shows that at least someone in the writer's room is be an important part of this 
goes back to something that you and I have talked about as far as if there's not people in the writer's room who are willing to tell certain stories or are from the certain communities that their characters be part of, we can get representation that at first looks really exciting and because it could be really cool, but then when the stories are actually written, end up falling flat because the people who are writing these stories don't actually know how to go about the plot lines, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, it's all about lived experience. I mean, I know we talked about um, you can tell when it's authentic or when yeah, it's personal. Exactly. So for me, at least, I was like, okay, somebody there has at least had an awkward conversation or has had to work their way around this. And also, I mean, it's just, you know, when you're coming out of the closet, some people are really excited for the physical stuff. Some people are like, oh, I just, you know, baby steps. I'm not ready to dive into the deep end because yes. I don't know how to swim yet. Right, exactly. And I think, too, you mentioned about religious Jesus. I know for me personally, like, I've never done anything and I won't do anything. Currently, that's my thought is that I won't be doing anything until I do get married. So it's interesting to see if we get characters who are in similar positions, which is why actually going back to Dina real quick, like I think it's really cool that for her, she's in a place where she is, you know, able to do what she wants with the people that she wants to. And she is comfortable doing that because so much of the time you don't see that. And that's also super exciting for me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's like you said, if, when we do get more rep, we can have different characters where Adina is, that's her choice and that's great for her. And then here's another lady and she wants to wait until she gets married and that's great for her. Right. Exactly. It's why rep, more representation and more continued diversity is so important so we can see these different facets. Um, you know, and especially we talked about these ships right now. Again, there's no white character in these ships. And I think right, it's exactly. great that we have enough that we can make a show about them. So we're obviously a lot further than we were and in a very short period of time. But it's just the more that we talk about these, the more we realize, oh, there's so much left we can explore if we get more characters. I think, okay, so uh, I don't know how many of you all are in person who I don't actually follow, but she has just been accumulating every single ship between two women that she can find, whether they're fanon or canon or in between. And Who it's so this? interesting to see. Who is this? Who So Bill Pottsbian, which I think is related to Doctor Who maybe? I don't know. But she's been accumulating all sorts of um, ships from all sorts of different shows. And I think what's really interesting is, we're going back to Legends of Tomorrow real quick, is that that's been on a show has been shipped with Sarah or vice versa or within the universe. And even sometimes there's people who are just pulling my exist in the same universe together but it's really interesting to see some of these people and characters are from the last five years but then there are some people on this thread who are from shows I've never even heard of so it's obvious that there's a want for these characters to be together and there's a want to see get to date each other and not die at the end or like you were saying earlier there's the laundry list of ways that they get written off that is not positive so hopefully it means that because this is happening and more and more fans are talking about it 
writers will see this and write more characters so we can have a multifaceted of a large, large, large community. Yeah, and just so you know, Bill Potts was actually the most recent companion in Doctor Who. Um, she was a black lesbian that actually uh, okay. kind of sort of died, but then didn't die, and then got to go off with a lady alien. It was really weird. It's Moffat's writing. It's she 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 was she <laughs> well, didn't end <laughs> the series dead. So I baby steps, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Steve Moffat. It's his version of Doctor Who is a hot mess, but you know, he's gone. We're getting a brand new era with the Lady Doctor, and that's going to be great too. Um, but yeah, Bill Paws was actually a pretty cool character, so I'm going to miss her. Anyways, uh, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> Sorry for my <laughs> tangent. Um, I do agree. Okay, though, it helps because I had no clue she was. <laughs> yeah, I do agree though with the um, idea of the more again, the more we see, the more we realize we have yet to see. When I was in college, yeah. all I wanted, or even right when I was out of college, all I wanted was not to have another high tension. Um, have you seen that movie, or do you even know about it? I did you say high tension? Yes, it was a. Okay, I'm going to have to go off on a little tangent to give you a history lesson. Okay. This was a French film, and okay. in it, um, the main character goes home with her best friend, whom she has a crush on, uh, to their, it, it's like a holiday weekend, and she goes home with her to her friend's family's home in the country. And that night, some crazy guy, like, serial killer breaks in murders her friend's family the parents brother and mother and makes off with the best friend so it becomes this high tension chase of oh the main gosh. character trying to get to her best friend except the twist is it's actually her that's killing everyone because, uh, yeah, because... What kind of Lifetime movie shenanigans? No, it wasn't a Lifetime movie. It was this big release that everybody's like, oh my god, this is such a good twist. And every lesbian or bisexual on the planet was like, oh my god, fuck you. Um, but yeah, it was... The idea was she was so torn up about her sexual attraction to her best friend that she went crazy and killed, like, everybody and ends up in a mental institution. That's what my That's college... so terrible on so many levels. It was that, and then it was like Lost and Delirious, where she nearly killed someone and killed herself at the end by jumping off of a building. I mean, this is the stuff I had when I was in, like, college, right after college, and all I wanted was, you know, for them not to be serial killers or not to kill themselves. Because That's Absolutely all we had. And that was, you know, oh at the time, God. that was perfectly valid. But now that our representation keeps growing, the more I'm like, oh, okay, I never thought that we would get this, and now I see how much more we could have. At that time, I couldn't see beyond, oh, my God, please don't make me the killer this time. So, you know, now that or we the have... Huh? Or the killed, because, I mean, as we know... Well, we're still working on that. 
We're still working on that one. But it's a real... We haven't had any more high tensions, so I'm going to count that as a win. I'm hoping that they learned after spring 2016 and the spring slaughter that um, that's not going to fly very well anymore. So, you know, knock on my wooden head. I kind of want someone... I kind of want someone to now do a film that starts off similarly, but then doesn't have that terrible twist. And instead of murder and mayhem, it's just like two awesome best friends kicking butt and saving the day. So it would be at all, but still. Well, I mean, that would I be I can nice. hope for something like that. Maybe, maybe we can figure something else out. You can use your little magic we predict the future thing. Speaking of, oh my God, though. Yeah. We can okay. have our, we can finally have, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, Shahar has this weird little magic ability to either predict stuff or call it, or I don't know what you want to refer to it as, but she'll say something, oh, I bet this is going to happen, and then like a week or two weeks later, there's a sudden headline, it's exactly what she said. Um, Like the Aladdin casting, you had it picked down to the country for every actor. (laughs) And then you're like, I was pretty excited when that happened. <laughs> and then you were like, "Oh, I bet we're gonna get some news at so so." And then that week we get the photo of the cast, and they're getting ready to start production. And then we're oh talking God. about like I Black Lightning. Yeah, like I don't know what it is, but like if I ever go to Vegas, I'm taking you with me. I don't know if that's halal, but if you're doing the gambling, I think it's okay. If I'm doing the gambling, you're not actually... I just need you, like, there in the room. You can be turned around looking the other way. (laughs) Um, We can recreate Ocean 13. Yes, there you go. Um, Okay, actually... Oh my god, I really hope now that when the female version of that film comes, a woman of color date. Oh, I wish... I, I, <laughs> I have high expectations of this film and part of me is like don't do it don't get your hopes up don't get your hopes up but I'm weak and I'm going to be excited for it anyway we'll just so. have to come back and when that movie comes out we can we can have another podcast just about that it'll be great yes <laughs> but um <laughs> you know speaking of um Aladdin though I, I'm guaranteeing you there's going to be another ship coming out of that movie now that we know that Jasmine and, um, what's the new character's name? Oh, just, yeah? Yeah. They're supposedly going to be best friends. I'm like, well, I know what the ship coming out of that movie's going to be. Which isn't actually going to be that actress's Naomi Scott's first fan. And, huh? Well, anyways, that's actually not even going to be Naomi Scott's first. I um, so. Anyways, this isn't going to be her first um, Fanon ship that she's been in. She was in Power Rangers uh, that came out this March, which is one of my favorite films of the year. I don't care. Fight me over it. And um, that was actually, I was really impressed with um, getting back to ships for a little bit. The, uh, Trimberly, Trini and Kimberly relationship out of that film. I don't. Did you see that movie? See this film just for them. 
Okay, I'm not going to lie. I saw it in theater six times because I was a huge Power Rangers fan as a kid, and I was just really happy with everything about the film. And, again, you can fight me on it. I have no shame. That's awesome. I Power Rangers in my Saturday morning cartoon lineup, but could not tell you the plot of any of them because I don't remember any of it. (laughs) I was young enough to get in on the original recipe Power Rangers. So for me, it was just like, oh my God, this is my childhood, except they made it not cheesy as hell. I mean, it's still kind of campy in a few places, but that's fine. It's Power Rangers. You can't completely decamp it. It would be like right, doing right. a modern Zena. And is this the and, bad guy for this one? Um, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. I loved her. She looked like she was just having a blast. I kind of want whatever that, like, head, like, however they dressed her up, I want that outfit. It looked pretty cool. Lots of rope and then meticulously placed pieces of armor, I guess. But hey, at least the suits are spandex. What were you saying? It could be, like, the weird, like, it could be, like, eats that are just kind of, like, hovering on women's bodies and I'm like how are you hitting anything or moving without hurting yourself this is true they at least made it uh, practical enough that you could run around or do some fighting in it so yay practicality actually I think the Power Rangers suits themselves look like they'd be harder to move in than Rita's so there's that there's some equality for you okay so I think this reminds me of whenever I was a younger child and my brothers were asking me. So I have a brother who is six years younger and then another brother who's four years younger. And they were asking me, so Saeb Shahar, where, when do they use the restroom? Because when we were really little, we thought about these things. And I just said, you know, I don't know if they changed their clothes to use the restroom. I think maybe when there's advertisements, they go. Because of course, as a kid, I didn't realize that, you know, this is just pre-filmed and not being active live. So... I think about that kind of stuff when I see room, like, ugh, getting that off and on, and then using the restroom, and then going back to fight just must be such pain. No, no, okay, there's actually an anecdote about that with Naomi Scott. Um, she was saying oh they, God. I know. Perfect. I am just a font of information of very random things. Um, for the Zords, they built them these cockpits. And then they built them, like, 50 feet above the ground that they had to go into, and that way they could do all the movements for them. And she's like, one day, I was stuck in my suit, and I was up in the Zord, and we were shooting and shooting, and I had to go to the bathroom, and I almost cried. Oh, poor Naomi. Yeah, so I'm like, apparently it does happen, and it sucks. (laughs) Things I'm glad I don't have to deal with. I'll just watch them do the acting and my bed comfortably, and they can do all of the stuff for us. It'll be fine. Yes. Granted, they also make the bigger paychecks for it, so it's fair. It works out. True. You get paid for nearly <laughs> crying for not being able to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you know what I would really like to see, though? And this is moving a little bit on a tangent. I would like to see more holiday movies. And I don't care what fucking holiday it is, but you know the type of holiday movie I'm talking about? Like the the, the Hallmark shit? 
Yes. You know, where it's like... Uh, everything works out in the end. You're not going to have to worry too much because you know it's going to work out in the end. And there's not going to be any excessive absolutely. drama. I was like, when are we going to get our own... Like, the only drama is whether or not... Is whether or not what? drama is whether or whether or not it's when they're gonna, so we just need to have those films where it's two whatever you whatever identity hanging out and somehow there's a car crash and they need to get to the next city together or it's snowing and they have to sit in a cabin or someone has a daughter from another marriage and she's sad that she's missing another parent and they all live happily ever after together at the end and Santa comes and saves them. We just need all of those movies. No, we need a freaking gay Hallmark. That's what we need. We need Hallmark. What would we call it? I don't know. Rainbow. Call it Rainbow. That way everybody's under there. I mean, I can't, you can't call it gay Hallmark because that's, you know, by erasure, but all the other erasures. Um, But, you know, LGBT friendly Hallmark. Just give us the happy stuff and, you know, it doesn't just have to be Christmas. There's other holidays that you could there are. center this around. Where's my entire summer of weddings for the LGBT people? Like, the weddings would be way more colorful. No pun intended. Or the Valentine's Day movies. I just need that up. Oh my gosh, yes. Can you imagine how the awesome that would be? Realizing... Just to oh, have, like, these... Super LGBT friendly Valentine's Day movies that are just always happy. Yes. Hallmark, you should get on this because I said so. <laughs> I am just going to the predictive magic. Yes. Next yes. year we'll have our first. Get on it. First gay Hallmark movie. Let's go. Yay. As. Actors and actresses that have been in films before where they played LGB characters. That's so true. So it's not like they're against hiring people. That's true. Um, Rachel Scarston, um, Amy Acker, Kat Burrell was in one of them. Actually, she was in the same one with Amy Acker, so there's something for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, Katrina Law. Yeah, Katrina Law's been in a couple, I think, now. So, I mean, it's not like there's... Not anybody that's like, no, I could never play gay. Come on, Hallmark, just get on it. You know you want to. It's extra money somehow. Figure out a way to market it for extra money. You know we'll show up. We should find someone who'll do a Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. Until then, we'll have the Carmilla movie. Though, speaking of getting yeah. back to the interrelational relationships, because, wow, we got off on a tangent there. Uh, <laughs> the inner relationships. Good. <laughs> uh, inner, inner, blip, blip. I have word salad today. No, um, I finally watched this. I finally got around to watching this, like, after everybody else. And, like, here's my thing. I Like, the big, blown sexual scenes, like, I'm not the biggest fan of them myself. So, I understand certain people really loved that part of the movie and more power to you. That's great. I really thought it was cute. Um, 
Are you about to take off flight? Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. Which movie? Carmilla. Based off oh, of right, the right. series. Right. I just got thrown off for a second because you said... I apologize. <laughs> Alright, so um, basically... It, well, she's a ghost, technically. But um, there's an interracial, interracial relationship-ish on there with... Um, Oh, I can't remember. Oh, her, her first ex, the first one that she killed, right? No, that's Carmilla. Carmilla's played by Natasha Negavanlis. Negavanlis. Natasha. Yeah, anyways. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Natasha. Um, but yeah, uh, I am trying to look it up because I just completely spaced on her name, the name of the character. Um, but yeah, she's in this kind of flirty relationship with the Bronte, one of the Bronte sisters, who's also, they cast the Bronte sisters as, um, an Asian actress and a native actress, which I thought was really cool. I vaguely remember seeing something about this. I still need to see the movie. When it came out, I had a busy work week and then forgot it happened. And now I'm like, oops. Yeah, uh, Nicole, no, Nicole Stamps, the actress. Um, Mel- Anyways, if you watch Carmilla, you know who I'm talking about. You can just tell me in the comments because I am not going to waste any more time on this. You know what I'm talking about. It's Charlotte Bronte, the sister she likes. And I got, I thought that was really sweet. I thought it was sad because, you know, obviously the Bronte sisters are dead and they can't be together. But, you know, if you want to do a spinoff and give me... <laughs> Give me those two together, you know, ghost and human, finding a way to make it work. I mean, you're already giving me a, a vampire and a human. I mean, you know, come on. Help me out here. I would watch it. I want it. Um, but, yeah, that was one that was really, really recent that I really enjoyed as well. Um, like I said, obviously there are certain things you may or may not like about it, but I thought the movie was really well done and I thought it was really impressive that it started off from just you know this little web series that could into a crowd entirely crowdfunded movie to boot so I mean it shows that people really will put I mean our community does put money where our mouth is and I think that's really helpful in context of more independently created um media and I mean they also fortunately got a really cool sponsorship i think with like kotex or one of the tampon yeah. companies which is super random but hey whatever works right so if we can get more of that happening and getting more and more independently funded movies then the bigger organizations my nonprofits be coming in the bigger companies will see it and hopefully follow through and also provide it because they're seeing that at the end of the day they're going to make money and we also right. get really good media hopefully well, and it's like you said, if you build the quality content, we do show up for it. And we're very supportive when we've figured out, okay, you're not just half-assing something. You know, the people behind Carmilla, you know, they're super committed to what they're writing. And, you know, they're very conscientious about what they're writing. This isn't, you know, like the show that shall not be named that kicked off the entire mm-hmm. flurry with the spring slaughter by shooting one of the right. characters. Right, and I think 
think um, Carmel is a really good example of the writers listening to fan um, commentary without it becoming... They listen to criticism, especially fans of color, the first two seasons, and then made sure they did their best to fix that. And I think they're in a really um, interesting space or place in the media making space that is because small group of people putting it together. But then as they started hearing what people had to say, they were like, you know what, we're going to do what we can within our constraints to make it happen. And then in this movie, they have Charlotte Bronte being played by an Asian American woman, which is super awesome and not at all expected. Canadian American. If they can do that. I should say that. My bad. She's Canadian American. I'm really, really sorry. Grace. Oops. (laughs) My bad. Um, um, but the fact is that the movie had, you know, actor, actresses of color, which is really awesome. So because of that, if they can do it, and they're so small, then other big... There's no excuse. Doing this. They have four actresses of color in that film. So, I mean, come on. If Carmilla can do it, there is literally no reason why these bigger productions can't outside of the fact they just choose not to. be better um anyway so we're gonna start wrapping it up because i'm feeling very tangentially challenged today and i know i'm gonna go off on another (laughs) long-winded rant but mainly we just really kind of wanted to highlight how far we've come um you know like i said compared to 10 years ago when i was 23 and the media I had available to me was not good. There there was one film, and it wasn't with white ladies either. It was called Saving Face, and that was like the one positive experience I had until, like, Glee came out. I want you to understand. I just said I didn't really have Mm. a positive queer media experience until Glee, so... I'm really happy at where we are now comparatively, like in context. But like mm-hmm. I also said, seeing what we have now also keeps broadening my horizons of where we could be. You know, um, you know, I'm 23 and you just mentioned when you were 23 years from now, it's going to be totally different again. Exactly even more characters in media and that's going to be so awesome I think because then there are going to be people who though remembering our history is incredibly important I think there are going to be people who grow up where it's the norm for every TV show to have LGBT well that's kind of a weird way of putting it but like a character or multiple characters from the different communities and hopefully all of them are represented well but that'll become the norm which will be super awesome oh definitely you know or just more than one Muslim LGBT character or you know more than one native First Nations LGBT character you know I'm I'm really happy we have them right now, exactly but you know give me five give me ten it you know it's right. just, exactly make sure we're staying um intersectional about this because it can't just be white LGBT characters only because that's not representative of our entire community. For sure. Just in general, like, we need to 
have media that we live in. Extremely multifaceted and of all different backgrounds. Exactly. And we're getting there. We just have to keep pushing and pushing. And don't stop pushing. But it works. It works. I am proof. These past 10 years, definite proof that it'll get there. You just got to keep putting the work in. And again, like uh, Shahar mentioned, you have to support your content. Black Lightning's coming up this spring. Um, you have to support it. We want another season of this. We want to keep seeing these characters. Well, we have to support them when we get them. Otherwise, Exactly. And I know sometimes it can be weird hearing that because it's like, well, how do you want to support it? Should we tweet? Should we watch? And ultimately, unfortunately, advertisers only care about a specific set of viewers, but the networks absolutely look at who's tweeting whether it has a huge impact or not if you are tweeting and it's trending every single night that the show is airing it's absolutely it's obviously from all parts of the u.s and outside of the u.s Mm -hmm. It, it obviously shows there's interest and people are watching this or they're talking about it at least um right i think the worst thing you could do is just completely sleep on this and not discuss it at all and let it come across that just nobody's paying attention. You know, I think that's the kiss of death. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, like people say, no news is bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Shahar, thank you very much for coming and spending some time with me and gushing over ships, especially Black Lightning, because you know how I am about Thank you for show. having me. This was super fun. And <laughs> we will be back next time. Elizabeth should be back from her vacation, you know, knock on wood. And we will talk to you later. Don't forget, we have other podcasts on the fun- Fundamentals, uh, Unabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the screen of the Ultra Critics and the Fundamentalists. So be sure you check those out as well. And then also subscribe to us on iTunes. Comment. Tell us, you know, if we miss one of your favorite ships, let us know. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you guys. And then it came time to say goodbye. So you guys take care. We'll see you next time.